Hi, I'm Steve Barlow. This is the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast, where we talk about perceptions of the future, issues we need to be aware of, and their role in a rapidly changing work and life environment. Hi, I'm Craig Saffin. Day by day, we are all learning to live with the impact technology, AI, and changing health and social conditions have on our lives. The Humanized Workforce Future You podcast series thinks the future is bright and something to look forward to. Today's guest on the Humanized Workforce Future You is Regan Brown. Regan runs a third generation family business in the transport and logistics industry across Australia and New Zealand. Regan is now head of the family business, Laborforce Group, a staffing business serving the supply chain, transport and logistics staff. E-commerce and online customers are now an increasing component of the market. Let's hear what Regan has to say today. Welcome to the Humanized Workforce Future You podcast. My name's Steve Barlow, and we're joined today by Regan Brown. So welcome, Regan. Oh, hello. Hey, Steve. Thanks, hey, for, uh, thanks for joining us today, Regan. Do you want to just kick us off by telling us a little bit about yourself and your background? Sure. Uh, my uh, background is I uh, was brought up in a uh, family of um, logistics and supply chain uh, uh, business people, um, family businesses. And uh, my grandfather had a transport and logistics business uh, when I was going to kid, uh, going to school. Sorry, and I uh, even got a uh, courier van uh, uh, that I jumped in in the mornings very early. Um, to get uh, pretty much delivered to school. I did go to a private school, but uh, where I got a, um, a pretty good education in sports. Uh, but uh, it, was, uh, it was a good experience to be in a um, courier van. Uh, my sister also went to private school as well. Uh, we both got delivered to uh, the private school each day in the courier van. And it was, uh, it was pretty interesting. We had a lot of, um, back then it was uh, in the eighties. Uh, and um, it was, uh, Pretty much, uh, we were sitting in the van, and we had uh, all of the paperwork around us. There was all these uh, back then, uh, before uh, I guess email sort of came in. Uh, it was about paperwork getting transferred between uh, transport depots. So we had a lot of uh, there was a lot of paperwork getting transferred. I think the lady used to take stuff home at night, and then the next day she'd deliver it in. But uh, she'd pick us up, take us to school, and that was her number one priority first thing in the day. So I um, was early exposed to the uh, industry of transport and logistics uh, that way. And um, my grandfather had more trucks and warehousing. Uh, and uh, so after uh, school, sometimes we'd get delivered back to the depot because uh, uh, Margaret, our courier lady, she had, to, um, she had to go home early or something like that. And my dad worked in the transport business as well with my grandfather and we'd just get drop, dropped at the depot and uh, go into the headquarters, the head office there. Uh, into the corporate section, but we uh, really had a long, a lot of time uh, sitting around uh, waiting for um, them uh, before they finished work in, in the transport logistics environment, seeing a lot of warehouse people and a lot of truck drivers. And uh, I was uh, known as the grandson. So uh, they'd say hello and uh, they'd have always something uh, funny to say, which was, uh, you know, part of the thing, I guess, uh, you know, transport drivers and delivery guys, they all have uh, pretty wicked uh, personalities and, uh, and uh, I'd really find them very, uh, you know, positive and 
upbeat characters. They're always very productive. And uh, anyway, that was my first sort of foray into the industry. Then, uh, what about went- the, what about the business you're heading up now? Because it's changed a lot, hasn't it? And uh, you're now heading up the business. So, can you describe the business that you're running at the moment? Yeah. So um, today, I head up a business. It's uh, a staffing leading business in Australia and New Zealand that services. Uh, the supply chains out there. Our customers are uh, businesses that have supply chains. So we provide uh, transport and logistics staff. So that's like uh, pick pack staff for warehouses. Uh, it can be um, warehousing uh, distribution uh, that is getting carried out by these companies delivering to retailers, or it can be as we now commonly know as uh, e-commerce and online. And uh, there is a lot of people who do online uh, today and purchase online. I think most of us do. I know I do a lot more, even uh, begrudgingly. I, I, uh, I, I do it now, and now it is so uh, easy. It's it's amazing. I uh, I find it uh, actually a slight inconvenience now to go to a retail store. So uh, so now it's easy to reorder. So it's a funny it's a funny one, but uh, yeah, that's what we do. We service a lot of customers, uh, thousands of workers out a day. So um, and uh, servicing everyone from food markets to fast-moving consumer goods, uh, a lot of automotive clients, uh, and a lot of uh, transport and logistics companies that do work on behalf of uh, the uh, retailing customer. And we service them with our, their ad hoc staffing requirements. So um, yeah, that's pretty much what we do. I think the, uh, the pandemic has really highlighted how important the uh, transport and logistics uh, business is to Australian, to every Australian really, hasn't it? So I think there's a, a certain alertness now in the community that there wasn't there before the pandemic. Yeah, I think definitely uh, people now know what a supply chain is. <laughs> they, know, they know that it is, they all seem to want to know where, and then they order the product, where is it coming from? Right. Uh, which is either like it's either domestically manufactured or it's uh, or it's domestically distributed or or it's internationally made and, and sent. And uh, right. there is a real heightened understanding of that now. And that's come to the forefront to be a uh, true area that people actually now know about instead of just uh, ordering something online like a like a, a book or something like that or or uh, their favorite uh I don't know, like their favorite uh, skincare product or something like that. And, uh, and they sort of just uh, complain about how long it's going to let it take to get into their, um, into their uh, you know, home sort of scenario. Now they have a bit of an appreciation around, uh, you know, how long is it going to take? Do they want to pay more if they want it to move faster as well, which right, is yeah. the other element that now people are <laughs> understanding. And, uh, and yeah, so it's... Um, it's definitely, uh, there's definitely been a lot more activity and uh, people are really, really uh, embracing the, uh, the supply chain and logistics functions as being necessary, a necessity in the, uh, the market. And it's a huge, huge growth market for employment and careers. What are, what are you really passionate about? So you sound, you speak uh, quite knowledgeably, of course, about the industry because you've been in it for a long time, but what, are, what is your passion related to that? I think the passion really is that um, there's something really very real about people who work in the transport logistics market where they, 
They don't talk about what they're going to do or what they want to try and do. They just actually deliver the, the orders that you actually have ordered or they actually are making a real decision about how much stock they're going to actually manufacture for the customer. And they're really making uh, decisions around how much product they're going to have in stock. Uh, are they going to be looking to... Um, you know, increase their market share or are they going to look to um, position their products to be uh, delivered down or, or open to only a retail channel or are, or, or are they, uh, you know, new into online space uh, where they never owned a distribution centre before and now they actually have a distribution centre and now they're delivering straight to the customer and they're cutting out many middlemen. So I guess the part that I'm passionate about is that I've been in this uh, industry for uh, for 20 years myself and family have been sort of in it for a good 50, 60 years before that. And I guess the thing is, is that it's a really real industry. Um, it's reinventing itself, which is becoming quite a, um, almost like a sexy term, you might say, with supply chain uh, is now. And um, I'm finding that pretty exciting. And um, I think that all businesses need to have uh you know their supply chain person in the board now it's um it's really really important yeah it's very interesting can you um on the reinvention bit that sort of slides nicely into the uh to the future and what's happening as the trends so what are some of the big trends that are happening in the industry uh couple of big trends, obviously the online e-commerce market, it's not really a trend, it's already happened, but it's growing. Uh, I guess the maturity of that space is really um, very, uh, very much going to choose who's going to be the winners and the losers of business going forward. So those who dabbled a little bit in online and just quickly have rushed a few orders and, and uh, et cetera, had a few wins, uh, uh, but haven't really established any major infrastructure um, through hiring really good quality people investing in that area now. Um, I think that there was um, a lot of investment in non-supply chain areas within companies. And now I think the investment needs to go into that area. And hence that really, for me, dovetails into, you know, the right people in the right places. And uh, when it comes to supply chain, you can't just put just anybody in there and think, oh, well, it's just a, uh, what I people might say, like a bit of a gopher job. You know, you just put anyone in there and they just go and do it. Uh, I think the reality is, is that you do need to know how to actually move, uh, you know, your orders from the manufacturing piece all through the uh, lines of the supply chain into, you know, pick pack, the distribution. You have to know how to do it at a really cost-effective uh, in, in a cost-effective way. You, um, you need to really understand um, what you can actually deliver from a point of view of what you promise with the customers. Uh, so I think that it's really about, um, there is a big trend about customer service, delivering to the homes. I think that's gonna continue. Um, the other thing is the speeding up in these distribution centers of, uh, you know, pick, pack and deliver as quickly as possible. Uh, companies like uh, uh, famous uh, online retailers like the Iconic, for example, uh, and Amazon, are uh, really uh, pushing the boundaries with regards to speed of delivery. So mm. you can make your online orders and then they'll deliver it inside four-hour windows now. So mm. what that does mean is that 
the workers need to be on site to do it. So there's a lot more predictive sort of hiring elements of uh, what you say, workforce management. Uh, and the reality is, is that there's a lot more need now with the volumes rising to invest in uh, automation uh, of processes, uh, sortation equipment, um, and then that possibly nasty word robotics uh, is right. really coming to the fore now. It's been in manufacturing forever, but now it's really coming into the uh, supply chain and fulfillment centers uh, of the world. And uh, I find that pretty exciting because uh, I think, uh, you know, naturally speaking, I think supply chain people like pace. Uh, they like uh, randomity. Uh, and I think that, um, you know, with that investment, there'll be uh, you know, a lot more pace and a lot more, um, I guess, standardization and a lot more surety around uh, the, uh, the delivery windows being met and the customers being happy, which hence means more orders. You're, whenever you get a uh, you know, order a product, it turns up on time, it's the product you want uh, and it works well, then, uh, you know, then you order it again. So it's a pretty basic business. And I think that uh, that piece is um, gonna be key in the future. So, that, so in that, that's ex extremely interesting because I think you mentioned uh, from an automation perspe perspective, the, the predictive analysis, the robotics and the automation of the whole um, supply chain piece from a pick and pack and things like that. But what I understand, and I, I'm sure you'll know much better than me, is that there's still a skill shortage and having trouble getting people into the industry. So what are the skills that are on demand and how is that changing based on this automation transformation that the industry is having yeah well i guess it's uh there's some companies have invested already mm -hmm. uh and i think they have uh from discussions i've had with quite a few people in the space as well as a, a little bit of an assumption here that uh that at the moment people are getting people from manufacturing and they're taking that skill set that technical skill set across into the uh, operation of robotics uh, and automation uh, equipment. Uh, it has a very similar aspect of um, uh, probably the, we might say the repairs and the maintenance side of things where um, don't cut corners, engineering mindset. Uh, and that, so that is really uh, very much a transferable uh, employment group. Uh, so that's happening right now. Um, then there is obviously a realness, a real need for uh, not only just keeping these robots and automation going, but it's about uh, actually trying to get it to optimum usage and uh, and understanding how you can improve any aspect of that speed or efficiency to make it so that the customer can get it faster and cheaper. Uh, and um, so that element really does need to get um, you know students straight out of, I think there's, it's really a, an area where schools and universities and uh, the STEM sort of studies, to tell you the truth, it's, um, it's really uh, mathematics and, uh, and science. I think uh, really was a big area where uh, there has to be a higher level of competency in, uh, in mathematics to work out how to actually improve some of the speeds of these robotic pieces and also what they can 
they can do. Like, um, for example, like, I mean, in, like really simplistic robotics could be uh, as simple as everyone's seen the Roombas in there and you can get them in your office or in the house. And it does, you know, it does the vacuuming instead of the person doing the vacuuming. Well, I mean, that, that sort of stuff also happens in a simplistic form. Um, it happens in the warehouses as well. It's like, you know, instead of there being people moving around to clean up and all that sort of stuff, then they've got the uh, the automated robots that are doing those type of jobs. And um, the other jobs that some of these robots might be doing is move, movement between two locations. So it may be that they're picking an item out of, um, out of an order um, in a warehouse, a pick packer will be picking an order and then they'd have to go down the aisle to pick another order and then they go back again. And uh, that may be a smarts around the where the products are positioned for so the picking slips can be in line. But the reality is, is that robots can now pick that product. So they have like a little mechanical arm and they actually will go in there and all it needs to run on is like a conveyor system and then it can drop down and up and down. And it's amazing how that can all be done. But then right at the very end of that product when process, once that's done, you really do need to have what's called a uh, quality control. So QC person, which is you know, a... A human being that actually does check that that order uh, has, you know, 35 products that needs to be in there and that they're all the right type of product. It may have been that there were six green, um, you know, uh, garden products that needs to be in that box uh, for that Bunnings delivery in Australia, sure. um, for example. Uh, and it may need to have all these other products that make up that order. So then an individual needs to check the quality that it's actually done right. And then that will then be, you know, quality checked and then that gets pushed, put onto it. So there is still a human element. Yeah. Um, and there is... Um, there, there is a cost to do this investment, which for some businesses, it may just never get to that point where they can afford to do it. Because it does cost not just tens of thousands of dollars. It's like, it's really million dollar plus investments here, um, up to multi-million dollar investments. The one, it's interesting what you, you say, because it supports a lot of the people we've interviewed so far on this podcast series about uh, always being the need for people, but doing higher level roles. So you just described a couple of roles there that were low skill or semi-skilled, and now they're being uh, replaced by people who have got STEM qualifications or robotics training or manufacturing training and things like that. So it's very, very interesting what you said. I want to, I want to just switch a little bit and talk about uh, new people coming into the industry, because I know uh, one of the discussions you and I have had in the past is about mm -hmm. trying to get people into the industry and having a training room and things like that. What sort of advice do you have for people who might want to get into the supply chain industry um, in Australia or elsewhere? What, what, what sort of uh, way should they structure or plan their career? Well, I guess the, the really big point here is that uh, you need to be honest with yourself when you're looking at coming into the industry, um, you know, where's your education level at? Um, and uh, also, um, you know, what's your, uh, what's your ability to do um, some aspects of doing some manual uh, areas to start out? Uh, I think the reality is, is that there's very few jobs in that go straight into an office for a person who hasn't got university qualifications. So if you are really interested in it, go do some studies that are along the lines of, um, you know, science, technology, English, and math, you know, it might be in robotics, could be software, um, 
software or, uh, uh, studies um, and computer studies, um, or it could be straight up, you can do supply chain and et cetera, logistics, uh, engineering even. Uh, but a lot of people may not have those uh, qualifications at the start. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I would suggest that they... Uh, you know, look for an entry-level role into the industry. Um, if they want to get into an office uh, and they've done some studies, uh, I would say customer service is probably a very good area to get into uh, and learning more about what the customers actually need, uh, learning how to work the uh, the systems uh, within the businesses. They all have very good uh, uh, CRM systems, customer order systems, uh, complaint systems, uh, understanding uh, elements around delivery and all that side of things is very important. Um, if you uh, liked the transport uh, side of things or you found you wanted to get into transport, uh, I would suggest that uh, you possibly go and work in you know, a place that actually has trucks and transport and delivery. You could work in a courier business um, that actually they hire a lot of people who um, I guess have operational roles. You don't need a lot of qualifications around it. Uh, but I, I guess it's a hard one to answer because I guess it depends on how you um, see the transport logistics or supply chain industry. Uh, if you're just interested in working in a uh, pick pack environment, there is still a lot of jobs to be able to get um, get work and learn about the orders, uh, learn about online ordering in the back end. Uh, there is... Um, there is also marketing teams within the supply chain businesses. They've got HR teams. They've got tech teams. To, they've got to help to help with the career structuring and so on. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. you've got to. I think you have to make up some some decision around what you're willing to do to then uh, reduce the idea of I just want to work in the entire industry. You've got to make a bit of a decision on what you're not prepared to do to then work out what's left. Uh, And then talking to an actual person who's come from the industry uh, is key um, to it. Uh, And you can talk to obviously recruiters, but when you talk to recruiters, make sure they've actually worked in the industry um, because you'll get more of a real answer on it and you will get uh, also uh, a better insight into uh, where you could take that career. Um, you know, the first steps you take in any industry can be, um, you know, it can be made or broken and that first sort of contact people you see. And uh, and I would say seek out a mentor. And that, can, that might be just the first person who helps you to, with your job. Okay. <laughs> and then it might be a friend, but seek out a mentor. So uh, first of all, I, I think it's a story of evolution. Um, it's an evolution in your own life from when you were a little uh, getting picked up in that courier van and now you're, uh, you're heading up this uh, successful company. Uh, but it's also an evolution in the whole industry, uh, moving from what it was uh, years ago when your grandfather started it to what it is today in the, re- in the re- realm of co- e-commerce and, and the like. And one of the lessons uh, that uh, comes out of that is the need to to adapt. There are new opportunities, but we have to learn how to adapt ourselves. Another thing that came out to me was the importance of action. Um, One of the things you appreciated about the people working in the uh, the drivers and people like that was that they were they didn't just talk about it; they actually got out and did it. They, they actually they took action to add value to what they were what the service was. And I think that's very important. A lot of people talk about stuff and never actually do it. 
Um, you talked about the importance of knowledge, um, know-how, how how to adapt to the the e-commerce environment, which, as you said, is not really a trend. It's it's already here, but it's maturing, and so we people need to learn how to uh, to to stay ahead of the game, and that requires knowledge, and then also knowledge in terms of the the skills that are necessary. Uh, to operate in this new world of technology and robotics that's uh, impacting your industry as it's impacting many industries. Technical skills, you talked about engineering mindset, talked about efficiency and speed of delivery, and really the kind of integration of mathematical concepts, uh, bringing it in in really practical ways, taking the theory and turning it into action and practical know-how. Um, so uh, there's opportunities there and, uh, and quality control checking. So these are some of the ideas that I think we've talked about today and they're very valuable ones. So thank you for sharing, Regan. Yeah, no problems. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Humanized Workforce Future You. Please leave a rating or review for the series on the medium where you source your podcasts. The transcripts for today's podcast can be found on craigsaffin.com. That's C-R-A-I-G sapheim.com. Please subscribe to the series so you don't miss out on the interviews or the future podcasts.